Welcome to the So Fat Music Cast from Fat Welshie Productions. Cool. So this is the first of my So Fat Music Casts, which are going to be videos as well as recorded, thanks to COVID. Um, yeah. But I am lucky enough to have been able to get in contact with the man himself, one of the hardest working MCs on the UKG scene, Mr. Hyperactive MC himself. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, man. Um, like I said, I've been trying to find out all your stuff from going way back when. Like, obviously, I know you've been on the scene for like 15 years now, um, yeah. plus even, um, you know, and I saw you posted the video of you and DJ Decline on top of the pops doing uh, I Don't Smoke. Which yep. was um back in mate, that track takes me back so far. Like it was memories, bruv. Memories. Abs- absolutely, man. And do I remember when people were like listening to it and used to think they were bad man because it was like all about smoking <laughs> reefer. Joe is like, yeah. yeah, man, I know this track is about smoking reefer. I am a bad man. And it's like, no, that's not what it was about back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, but yeah, so you've done that one. Obviously, I found your your um your DJ decline track as well with sexy Cinderella. Yeah, uh, mm, and we know that you are a regular at the UKG brunches that have been going on uh, across the country. Um, yeah, pure fire as well. I've noticed you've been doing a lot of that on, and of course, we know I, where I've met you and you always smash it is at the the Raver Tots family raves, mate. Raver Tots, always, yeah. yeah, and you always Hell smash yeah. that one. Hell yeah! No, like do you know what? It's funny because with Raver Tots, like I was telling people, they 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 said to me like, when you go there. Do you spit how you would spit in, like, the normal garage raves? Or do you spit bars like you would on radio or on tracks? And I'm like, nah. Like, I said, I went to Raver Tots through a connection, and I got connected with Mike, but I took my daughter. So the main reason I've ever worked with Raver Tots was from, for Amaya, for my little girl. Because, you know, the Raver Tots would always fall on the weekends, and she'd generally be with me those times. Um, and she loved it. Like, you know, you've met her yourself. Like, yeah, she, yeah. She, loves, she loves partying. So... For me, it was a no-brainer to to have a day out with my daughter. You know, she loves it. I'll go, and obviously I'm hosting. But a lot of the parents that I meet there of, of the kids used to listen to me on, you know, when I was on Pirate Radio, you know, 15 years ago, they would yeah. listen to me. Or they've gone to raves that I've played at here or abroad. So the amount of parents I spoke to, especially like at the Raver Tots festivals, that come up and say, I've got a tape pack of you and, I don't know, Creed and so-and-so, you know, at garage raves so like it's it's like almost like it's, i'm connecting with the next generation because they're going to be the ones that will then have to buy into me you know in a few years when they're older and they're starting to go clubbing you know hopefully i'm still here doing what i'm doing and i've already got that crowd if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely man absolutely um but yeah as you said like i, I was looking on um again social media and all the rest of it trying to trying to do a bit more of a background on you and like because obviously we've met at the raves, but it's literally just party party, isn't it? You know, um, party party. Yeah, but um, but yeah, your pirate radio. You did um, I saw you did a documentary or something linked yeah. to pirate radio. So tell us about that, man. I mean, how did it all come about? You know, well, was that like was pirate radio your your first thing, or was it just sort of, oh, do you know what? I'm going to be at home. I'm listening to some tracks. I can spit bars, and then you think, whoa, hang on a minute, and it all went from there. Like, how did it start for you? Well. When I was young, so still at school, pirate radio was the thing. So you're talking about if you go down the FM dial in London, every single section on the FM dial had a pirate station. And back then it was like drum and bass jungle and hardcore, even that far back, you know, you're older than me. So you'd probably know that hardcore scene and you'd have MCs hosting and talking. And I got into it and then everybody got into it because there was no YouTube, no Facebook, no Instagram, none of it. There was no MySpace. There was no, you know, that, that if you're on pirate radio, it was a big thing. And, um, you know, I'd take the sets on, a take cape sets and go to school and say, I've got this one, that one, and we'll be swapping tapes. Um, and then as I got a bit older, I was still at school, still hanging about on the shoots with my mates, you know, on a, yeah. getting up to all sorts. But we had some pirate radios very close to where I lived in South London. A few very big, big pirate radio stations like Don FM back then, like the original Flex FM before it went legal and all that. We're, we're going way back. Uh, cool FM, all of those were about. But near me, 
there were some smaller local kind of pirate radio uh, stations that I knew people that went on there, people that I looked up to. Um, and at that time, I, did, I, I, I could MC, but I was probably just listening to other MCs, like the drum and bass, the famous jungle M MCs like Shabba, Skibidi, those guys, I'd listen yeah. to them. And um, to me, it was like, wow. And um, we would go to youth club and just spit lyrics. We had one tape, we had one um, record player, yeah, one deck, and we had like six tunes and we had disco lights and we would go into this youth club and just play the tunes and all of us would just take turns emceeing. But then I realized I couldn't spit Shabba's lyrics. You know, I was only like 15 or something, but I couldn't be spitting Shabba's lyrics. So um, I started kind of writing my own little bits. Nothing great, I don't think, but people started to hear me. So that, that youth club thing, it was a platform because people would come to the youth clubs from other areas and other estates yeah. and they had some MCs. So you start, I started taking it seriously because even though there'd only be like 10 people watching us, it was like competitive, you know, like, I want to be the best one. But um, so some of these pirate radio guys who lived locally would come into the youth clubs and see us. And one day I was just on the estate with my mates and this guy, his name's Lee Nutnut, he still DJs now. He came up to me and he said, look, I'm going to put the pirate radio station and it was called Choose FM. It was a small station. Um, and he was like, do you want to come and MC for me? And I was like, yeah. And I've left my friends, but I said, guys, I've got to go and MC. So, you know, and they all went home and listened to me. And from there on, it was like, that gave me the inspiration to say, no, nah, I can do this. Because I felt special, like le leaving the radio next day, people saying, I heard you on the radio. Imagine you're 14 or 15 and someone saying to you, I heard you on the radio yesterday. I was like, oh my God. So then I um, started writing. I still got pads and stuff at my, in my mum's garage of my lyrics. You yeah, know, yeah. and and then then what happened is I I met other DJs like you do your network, and then I got on Don FM, which is huge because that was if you're in South London, that was like you know the best of the best. And yeah. I'm a young boy on a station. I thought I was like a celebrity, you know, and I had a good prime time show on a Sunday night where everybody listened. And I did that for a couple of years. Um, then that's when Garage came by. Then Garage started. You know, drum and bass was sick. I loved it. But the scene itself became quite difficult. And, you know, the clubs, there were shootings. There was a lot of issues at that time. And Garage was that music that was sexy, that the chicks went to, that was bubbly. And um, the girlfriend I was with at the time, her older sister used to rave, like go to all the raves. And obviously I was too young, but mm. she would bring home tape packs. So with Creed and PSG and DT and CK, all these MCs that obviously now a million times over, I've worked with them, you know, and I know them as friends. But back yeah. then, they were like my idols and I'd listen to them and be like, oh my God, I want to MC to Garage. And there was a station called Flex FM, well, the Flex that we all know now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was a pirate station and they had drum and bass, but Garage was quite prominent on there. And so um, through my connections and contacts, I'd done a few shows with different people and um, I started to get to know them and they liked me. And then me and Decline, my DJ at the time, obviously Don't Smoke the Roof and Cinderella, me and him, then formed a partnership and we had a massive show. Like even now, I kid you not, places I go to people say Sunday four till six, Flex FM, because they, you know, we had locked down all of London and, you know, it was huge. And imagine we were on that station when we had chart hits, yeah, you know, yeah. in the charts on top of the box, but we still went back to do our pirate radio stations. So we could have been traveling to one of the biggest festivals in the UK or getting on a plane to Germany for, for do a set and fly back. But we would still do our pirate radio sets, you know? So, that's how that's where it definitely did start was youth clubs and things like that but then definitely pirate radio for me
and one of the, the guys I've um, I spoke to before, he's a, a Cardiff DJ called Jaffa. Um, he's yeah. sort of like Cardiff's answer to um, Jazzy Jeff. Like he's wow. proper like scratch DJ. Like I, 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 I rate him very highly. Like I think he's awesome. What's his name? Um, Jaffa, yeah? Yeah, yeah, Jaffa. Um, and he does, he's got his own podcast and stuff like that. I think it's called This, That and The Third. Um, yeah. But he's worked back in the day like with you know, American rappers, um, I think he worked with Wu Tang, Ghostface Killer, and all like all the the big names from back in the day. Um, and he was saying about youth clubs and how that's yeah. where it all started for him. But I mean, now when you look around and you think there's not many youth clubs, like they've died yeah. out. Like so, how 
have you got any advice? Or well, you know, well, we we'll might as well ask this one now. Have you got any advice for people that want to get out into the scene now? Because the scene has changed, which obviously we'll, yeah. we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but yeah, the scene has changed so much, like youth clubs as well. And people, is it? Do you think it's easier now with all social media, YouTube, SoundCloud? And I mean, hey, even I'm trying to get on SoundCloud. I'm almost forty, man. But um, yeah, do you know what I mean? Do, do you think it's that it's, it's easier, or, or it's just been swamped now and is? I think I think listen, if you've got it, either you've got it or you don't. That's the first thing. And if you believe in yourself, now you have got platforms to promote yourself. You know, you've got all the platforms that say I didn't have, you've got them at your peril. And if you can build a network with an audience that like what you do, you know, that's why I started to say if you've got it, that you're good at what yeah, you do, yeah. or you've got something, you might have that spark, um, people can will buy into you, but um, you know, advice in terms of getting in right now, I would say just stay true to what you do. You know, if you if 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 it's if it's meant for you and you believe in it, then stay dedicated, work hard, blood, sweat, tears, all of that. Don't give up. Like you have to be relentless. You know, like and now you see those quotes and stuff on social media all the time where you know put it in front of their face until they take note of it. You know, you may get knocked back a million times, yeah. but they'll it will get to a point where. And it takes that one moment sometimes, you know, like that one moment. I remember for me when I did uh, back in the day, you know, I had a little name locally, but um, we did Battle of the Stations, you know, okay. and Battle of the Stations was like a big platform back then for all the different pirate radio stations to go head to head, you know, and um, me and Decline did it. And then then I went in front of a crowd that, you know, didn't know me necessarily or heard of me, but I had to really put a job on and we won one of those battle of the stations. And I realized that that was a quite a big moment for me because then my name was heard in other arenas, you know, people yeah. who didn't know about me knew that we had won it. And then they would, they would want to look into me and say, who's that guy? Like, where's he come from? So has he won that battle of the stations and him and his, you know? Um, and I think like, if anything, now you've got the platforms, do your, do your thing. Don't listen to everybody and don't worry what everyone tells you, you know, cause Everyone will give you all the advice in the world, but if it's meant for you, it will happen. You know, just yeah, yeah. walk your path. Don't be scared to walk your own path. I've watched a lot of people go and someone put an arm around them and, and promise them the world. And 10 years later, nothing's happened. And that's probably because they didn't walk their path. They they they, they didn't feel they had it in them to, to make it work, you know? So I'd say, yeah, just network with people. Be good to your followers. Anyone that is showing you love, like I've said this a hundred times over, anybody your fans your friends people that are showing you love and support never forget those people because i've got fans and people that knew me 15 20 years ago when i was on my come up that still listen to me now still write on my social media now still and i would always reply to those people always yeah. because i know they stuck with me do you know what i mean and and just treat your treat them well like you know those don't worry about those who don't there are people that could do a lot for you and don't take it to heart just get on with it put yourself out there use your platforms and be a good person you know yeah, and you'll be, be fine if it's meant to be it's not meant to be for everyone you know yeah man well i mean you definitely stay true to that like you know i mean on the times that i've met you definitely like you know, like you say you are a decent person you are down to earth you are chilled and I love working with you, man. When I'm when I'm doing those raves of that and I see you there, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like, I, I do. I love I love working with you. But um, like going back a bit now as well. So we've obviously we've, we've given like a bit of insight into to what set you off. But what sort of I'm trying to think now, your first like major gig. Obviously, you've said about the battle of the um, yeah, battle of the stations and all that. But when did you know you'd arrived? Like as you'd said. You know, you've worked with all these these artists. I mean, I've got a list here of just some yeah. of the bigger names. Like, you know what I mean? You've got like, look, Neat, Artful Dodger, Oxide Neutrino, Sk uh, Skibbity, Creed, MC Vapor, Champagne Bubbly, Precious, DJ Cartier. The list is oh. endless, man. It's like, yeah. but I mean, when did, how did you know that you had arrived? Like, you know, when, when it had well, been big? Well, when I was still very young, my radio station, like I didn't realize how big we were at that time. I could, I was in my own bubble. So I'd go to the radio on a Sunday, me and my DJ, maybe a couple of friends, and I'd, and I'd just be in my bubble and I'd see how the phone was ringing crazy and all the texts that were coming through, but you just think that's pirate radio. And um, we did a, a rave um, at Adrenaline Village. Now Adrenaline Village for people that don't know was like, I can't remember fully, but five, 6,000 people, right. massive state. Now, we promoted a Flex FM rave in conjunction with a promoter called uh, Panache Fox. He's still about. 
Um, he doesn't promote anymore, but he's still about on my social medias and stuff. And he booked me for it. And he asked me to do the advert. So I did this advert um, and it was like, I, I put, did a lyric on it. And the lyric was something like, is everybody listening? It's time we must begin. Flex is having a party at Club Adrenaline. We got the bass to beat the vibe, something, something to keep you moving. Anyway, it's a little bar, but it went on all the pirate radio stations. And anyway, I still didn't realize how big this was, but people started saying my lyrics to me all the time, all the time, all the time. And I was like, Rah. but then I got to this rave and I've never seen anything like it in terms of my performance career at the time. So I'm a young boy and PSG was on the set at the time. So he was doing all his, I've been around for some time and I'm back with a brand new stuff, all his lyrics, like that's yeah, yeah. his playground basically. Like, like how a rave is my playground now, back then that was his playground. And I'm there, some little boy, he don't really know me. And yeah. Fox, the promoter, is like, bruv, it's you now. And I'm like, what am I meant to do? Like, so I, I, I don't know if I shit myself, but I know that I was overwhelmed and I've never felt, I, like, imagine how many raves I do here abroad. Everywhere. I don't even think about it. I just turn up. And yeah, when I yeah. turn up, I turn up. Back then, I was, like, taking it all in. And next thing I've got the mic and you've got, you know, these are adults to me. But I did the lyric from the advert and everybody knew it. Everybody knew it, yeah? And they were singing it back. And I just, that changed it for me because I was like, okay, like these people actually know who I am, 5,000 people. And from there on, I kind of realized that I'm connecting with people without knowing it and how important that is for me to take this seriously now, yeah. you know, um, and realize how big my station was at the time, how big my show was. Um, and I probably didn't pay enough mind before. You know, so I thought that was then. And then from there, bookings were coming anyway, you know, at big clubs and all that London scene, like Bagley's, Camden Palace, all of those things. Yeah, yeah. But then obviously after that, you know, being in the charts, um, back then was a big thing. You had to sell real units. You yeah. know, now you can chart on a bad week without selling that much. Back then you had to sell units in record yeah, shops, yeah. you know, in all the commercial sh uh, stores, like the HMVs and whatever it was. But, um, you know, doing a tour and going you know, to all these these places that we'd never heard of around the UK and people wanted to interview us and doing breakfast TV and all this stuff, I knew I'd arrived, you know, like, yeah. because all the MCs knew me and DJs knew me and when I'd go there, I'd, no one would question who I was. If, you know, if it's my set, it's my set, you're working, I'm working, with you know, it was just normal. But because yeah. I was always writing bars and always studying my art, it was always love, like, you know, all the MCs that were big and the DJs that were big knew me, like, without me knowing you know so i'd seen things where people had picked me up on in magazines and in, in you know back then you had more kind of publications and yeah. um on the and things and i thought rah like people give a give a shit really so yeah that was when i thought probably i'd arrived the radio station those you know starting to work in front of like five six thousand people and then obviously the, the touring and the top of the pops and all of that that's when i kind of said all right i can do this now properly where before it was a bit of just fun, I think. Yeah. And sometimes it's like football. You know, like when I used to play football, I used to play semi-professional football when I was young. And, and when it was like under 14s and 15s. And as soon as it, you know, it was fun still. As soon as it hit under 16s, it became serious business. And that's why you see a lot of boys and girls drop out because you have to really want it. And with football, obviously, I was like, Psh, I like playing when it was fun. This is, doesn't seem like fun. It's so serious now. Same with music, you know, you come to that bit and say, okay, this is serious business, I'm going to make it work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, talking about making it work, you are a grafter. You are, like you you said before, and I've, I totally agree, you are one of the hardest working MCs on the scene, like, you know, um, just going through your, your social media, the, the posters that you put and the gigs. And I mean, I've seen some of your posters had like two or three gigs in the same day. Man, it's yes. like, been... that's normal. That's what I mean, but that's that's what I mean. That's the graft. Like, you know, it's like people look at it and they probably see these some MCs that are like, Oh, well, I'll do I'll do a Saturday gig and that that's it. Like, but they don't realise yeah, the that's what hard graft you've got to put into it to to get it out there, like you know. Nah, it's it's it's, it's been a it's been a hard graft, but you know, once your mindset's right yeah. and you know what you gotta do and you plan well, like I don't accept every booking that comes to me because I need my own time, I need time with my daughter you know, family, all of that. And I like to play football. I've got friends outside of music that I like to spend time. Yeah. So what I've been very clinical of is I'm not going to run around for everyone anymore. I've done all that. You know, at the start, you have to run around and you take what you're given. Now I'm lucky in a place where I can, you know, negotiate the right raves and not do the ones that maybe won't 
yeah. you know, will make make my night difficult. I I I feel like I'm in charge of what I want to do now. You know, where before, if you're on a few agencies here and a few agencies there, and this person's managing you and that person's involved, it's just too much. And I felt like I was just running around for everyone else. And then one day I said, "No, nah, I'm gonna do everything myself." And you know, let me go. Let me plan my life. And and then it just worked because, you know, I know where I need to be, yeah, and I yeah. can months in advance. You know, I'm I very rarely will take a last minute booking for anyone. You know, I used to. But there's no way you could phone me up a day before and tell me to be somewhere at seven, you know, 12 a.m. tomorrow night. I'll tell you to go and, you know, like it's not happening. But, you know, the promoters I work with are all the big promoters in my scene and they all know me. I know them. They all treat me well and they all deal with me properly. Like I know months in advance what I'm doing so I can plan my life, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the bit that in the start I didn't get. I just took everything and tried and then you kill yourself like that. You know, so you're spreading yourself so thin, you're not really giving anyone the best of you, you know. And then when you when you're planning ahead, you're thinking about what you need to do. You 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 know, it's in your hands if that makes sense. It's a lot more comfortable yeah. when it's in your. So quality over quantity more than anything, then yeah. Absolutely, absolutely.
through this the way that the world is now with this COVID stuff that's going around, um, the scene has changed drastically. Like, obviously, there isn't a scene at the moment. Let's just call it what yeah. it is. It's all, most of it's gone online. I know I've seen you've done quite a few online streams, um, yeah. different DJs and different people. Um, but yeah, I mean, just looking back over the years as well, how have you seen the scene change? So obviously, what you said about you, you started off, you were into the you were drum and bass jungle, and then Garage came along, obviously, at the right time for you when you felt, look, this is the route I want to go down. This is more conducive to my my lyrics and my bars and the way that I spit. Yeah. So, but how is how is even over that time the the clubs and stuff changed? Like, because this is something that I'm really interested in. It's just finding out mm-hmm. how the whole scene has changed. Like for me, back in the day, I, I always say, and I've said it before about human traffic, the film that was filmed yeah. in Cardiff. Like now that is Big to film. me is oh it's an amazing film. I can't wait for the second one. And Justin, if you're out there, I want to get you on this podcast, mate. I want to have a chat with you um yeah. about everything and i've even got my dvd year for you to sign bro but um <laughs> um but yeah like that film is to me was the height of raving for me it was like everybody went along to the raves to just lose it like they were there for the music they were there for for the djs they were there just because they could feel this sense of being with it whether they were popping or not you know mm. it was that's what the scene was um, but obviously it just changes over the years. So I was wondering how it's seen for you and, and London being different to Cardiff. Like, you know, I mean, I, I'm yeah. from the Cardiff end, but London has always been a hub um, and be a lot more intense. So how has the scenes and everything changed for you well, like, that you can think about? I think, I think, you know, every few years you have a new scene or a sub-scene created. You know, so you had... Uh, you know, jungle, you had hardcore, then you had jungle and drum and bass, then the drum and bass, you know, it was a bit more scientific, some of it, you know, it was just about this amazing production, but it didn't always work on a dance floor, you know, you had, you then had kind of garage, but then you had funky house come along, uh, grime, obviously, yeah. you know, now that the youngsters is kind of your UK hip hop, your trap, your drill music, you know, those Afro beats had its time, yeah. but I think that, you know, it's changed in a way like technology changed a lot of it because like you say, Back in the day, where you hear your favourite DJs and MCs is in the club. So you're going there for that. You're not necessarily going there to look good. You're not necessarily going there to pull chicks. You're not necessarily, you, you yeah. feel so bought in. When I first used to go to Garage, people were so into it. It was a culture. Yeah, so Garage was a culture in the UK. You go to a barbershop, you walk around the street, you heard Garage pumping. In the charts, yeah. it was Garage. You know, at work, the people that don't even know the Garage scene would know the tunes, you know. And um, it was a culture. People dressed like it, they walked it, they talked it. And then Garage kind of went, I don't know, it kind of lost its way a bit. And I remember I was lucky because I had those chart and commercial tunes that I was on. I was getting booked at the normal nightclubs where they weren't garage raves, but you'd have an hour garage set or a, or a special garage PA. So even when a lot of the MCs and DJs in our garage scene weren't working because there was no real garage raves, someone like me was still there. So I carried on doing pirate radio station and, you know, I would bring all the big MCs on my shows. Yeah, yeah, and then it kind of came back. So I think all the scenes come back again, and Garage then came back very hard. And I think with Garage, they played the older tunes, and there were DJs producing new stuff, but the old stuff had the nostalgia, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and people kind of necessarily now, I don't, I think they they take it seriously as a scene, but it's where you'd go to have a good time because you know maybe there's chicks there or maybe yeah. it's that good this raving thing. Whereas if you went to a grime rave, a lot of the grime raves I went to back then were people standing watching the MCs because the MCs are very good in grime, you know, yeah. and it became, it was more aggressive. It was more, you know, that that, 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 that these kids were talking their lives and that people related to it, but it wasn't somewhere you went to dance necessarily. You know, and people miss that. If I go out to a party, I want chicks to be dancing and having a good time around me. You know, I want that. I don't want to stand around 100 guys. You know, that's not what I want to do. No offence to anyone that does, but I'm saying that's not my idea of a good night out. So it's changed in terms of technology has meant that people can take things into their own hands. Yeah. You know, people, you don't need to physically be in a club. You could put on your own live stream and still have hundreds of thousands of views on your own live stream. So do you need to go to the club now to do it? And COVID's shown that there are people that have done very well in COVID times. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've, they've been creative, they've been innovative, and they've made it work for themselves. 
Others just sat back and said, well, the clubs aren't open, so there's nothing else I can do. Yeah, actually, you know, I went and done some live streams, but I picked the ones that had all the lights with my name in lights, so it looked good. It's yeah, a great, yeah. with, you know, it looks like a club. And so, you know, or if I'm going to do a freestyle or put mixtapes that are going to be good mixtapes to say, or videos, you know, like we're still, it's changed where we can, you can adapt. You have to be flexy. You have to be able yeah. to adapt times or you're, or you're finished. Forget it, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. That's definitely the way the things have been going. And obviously, but it's changed. The music, everything's changed. The music's changed. The way we make the music, the way we MCs changed. The, the kids, what they like, everything is always going to change. You know, yeah. it's huge. And obviously with you be doing the live streams, like you said, have you been approached to be on any tracks? Have you been sort of like, yeah. have you been recording them at your place or in your sort yeah. of studio and then sending them off rather than meeting with with the I've recorded at home yeah um but then obviously even during covid I've gone to the studio but there's no one there except me and the engineer uh, you know right, okay so I've gone to the studio I've put out maybe six mixed CDs different type different types of projects some were just about lyrics and bars others were old school garage hosting and I've put them out and they've all done really well um but as I say I still go to the studio but like like you know engineers in one room on the desk and I'm in the booth so we're apart from each other um yeah. and yeah like like it depends really I've done stuff I even know guys who bring their portable stuff around to my house with you know the mic the proper proper setup and I can record because I'm yeah. very quick in the studio I can call they can pack their thing and go do you know what I mean so it's so this is what I'm saying they taught me to do what I was doing in different ways basically or find different ways to do what I was always doing yeah you know the only thing that we're missing, let's be honest, is the clubs. The live performance and the clubs, yes, there, there's yeah. none of that. We know that. But apart from that, you can still put music out. You can still do freestyles. You could still do uh, live streams because there's lots of different avenues. And I think a lot of people miss the trick. You know, yeah. I'd, I, I'd done the right ones. I could have been active every week if I wanted to. The amount of invites I get every day to do something, go somewhere... But, you know, I'm, I'm in a relationship. I've got my daughter. I've got a lot of other things that I have outside of, of, of music. So I just picked the right ones, basically. And I can't be running around, you know, during COVID. It's not the right thing to do. No, no, definitely, man. I was just, like like I said, I was just wondering about how it's... Because obviously if you're in the studio and you had everybody there, sometimes you like bounce yeah. off each other, bounce ideas and stuff like that. Whereas you've just got to run with what you've got in your head. When yeah. it's just recording at home and then if it's not right then tough or come back and, and all that that's that's sort of like obviously I mean, we've you... got coming out though you know what we like so i've got a tune coming out with like precious me rb daps darky quite a few mcs on it and it's yeah. a great it literally we just spoke to each other said okay this is a concept go and write your eight bars record them and send them in and then every then we'll get the engineering hit at his house to put it all together and mix it down and and it's a great project. So you'll see that video. And at first it's an animation video, then a proper video, but you'll see that quite soon. Um, so there is ways of doing it. But don't get me wrong. I've always, you know, when I'm having these conversations with people, is like, yeah, I would much prefer to go to the studio. Every MC yeah. is there. We're bouncing off each other like it's been all my life. So all my life it's been like that. You see, I've been in the studio for 24 hours, 48 hours. You know, like and. And we're just all working, bouncing off each other, eating pot noodles. Someone's <laughs> falling asleep. This person's drunk. This person's got to go here and come back. You know, but those were the best days because yeah, the yeah. finished product we did together, you know, we were there with each other. But now it's no different if you're working with someone abroad, you know, and you send them yeah. vocals. The only way you can really do it. So, yeah, like you make it work. There's no real, there's no days off, no excuses. Make it work. Yeah. And that's, that's the way that you're, See you see your career and that going forward, then yeah, that's that's the way you're seeing it go for being go on, dude. Get the bottom, of, get the bottom of that cup, man. Get to the bottom of that cup. Slash puppy. I'm not sponsored by Slash Puppy. Don't worry. But um, <laughs> sorry that I'm drinking. This is good stuff, though. You know, Slash Puppy is good stuff. Oh, mate. For being, I I work part time in retail and we sell those Slash Puppy machines, mate. Everyone's buying them. It's, Everyone's uh, buying winter, spring, autumn. I drink Slash Puppy, everyone. <laughs> this is what makes me strong. This gives me the strength, yeah. and the energy. No, no spinach, no Popeye stuff, man. No Popeye, none of that. Slash puppy. Yeah, yeah. Flipper, I tell you, I'd love to go to your gym. <laughs> All right. 
My job, one of, that's the one thing I do miss about all this is going to the gym, you know, because like working from home in the daytime and all of that is great, you know, but at the same time, just leaving to go to the gym after yeah. work, great way of like unwinding, setting your, your goals and, and feeling refreshed. And I miss that so much. But as soon as they open, I'll be back there every night, I reckon. Yeah, all man, the time. You need to start filling that jacket out a bit, man. Look at it, it's tight. You can see it's it's, it's hug, hugging my muscles. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the top, man. You gotta get you just having the muscles okay. is no good, man. You gotta get it all good. <laughs> get all your beefcake up, man. <laughs> no, I like look. I'm going for the athletic look. Although, if, if you did get bigger, man, I mean, I I'd hate to be your wardrobe because you are definitely one of the best dressed MCs as well. Always yeah, looking flash, man. Always looking dapper. Dressed, you heard that? Yeah, remember that. <laughs> um, I'm sure you know she what, is, is it the wife that puts all the clothes out for you is then tells you what to wear nah, nah. her taste her tasting clothes is different to mine mine's a bit out there sometimes but 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 I'm out like do you know what I like what I like I never worry what anyone really likes or and I don't I'm not I don't follow trends or anything you know I don't look at who's wearing what if I'm out I like something I wear it and a lot of people I've always come to say you're always dressed well, you're always smart, you're always coordinated, you're always fresh. And, um, always, mate, always. I'm expressing with my full capabilities, and now I'm living in correctional facilities. Because some don't agree with how I do this. I get straight and meditate like a Buddhist. I'm dropping flavor, my behavior is hereditary. But my technique is very necessary. Blame it on Ice Cube, because he said it gets funky when you got a subject and a predicate. Add it on a dope beat, and it'll make you think. Some suckers just tickle me pink to my stomach Cause they don't flow like this one You know what, I won't hesitate to this one or two before I'm through So don't try to sing this, some drop science Well I'm dropping English, even if yella makes it a cappella. I still express, yo I don't smoke weed or sex Cause it's known to give a brother brain damage And brain damage on the mic don't manage nothing But making a sucker and you equal Don't be another sequel Just spread yourself. 
it's, it's, it's you know I just always like fashion um, it doesn't have to be designer you know there's some designer things that I could mix up with things from Zara or whatever and like um, I've got a few close sponsors with different people as well and hat sponsors so um, you know I'm blessed in that way but but yeah like I just it's fresh to death like I'm a trainer's man I like to my trainers and I like everything to yeah. be, but I, I definitely don't follow what anyone else wears you know I do my thing yeah I I'm fat, so I can't follow what everyone else wears man, because they don't make it in my size, you know. <laughs> um, no, don't worry. Yeah, well, you need to go to the gym then, innit, eh? Oh, mate, seriously, I would do, but I'd pass out. <laughs> Come to the gym with me. I, I'll have you. I'll have you ship shaped soon enough, bro. I promise oh, you. I yeah, I'm there, man. I'm there. As soon as all this COVID stuff's over, I'm coming up. I'll I'll stay the week. Like we'll go to the gym every well, day, mate, and I'll yeah, show you some. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah, man. You can teach me how to spit as well. Yeah, no doubt. You know what, my daughter, like, she's seven, but since she was two, she was listening to me in the car, obviously. If I was going to, on the Sunday nights when I drop her back to her mum, for instance, I'd always book studio on Sunday nights because it was free. So in the car, she'd always be hearing, and I'd be listening to the tunes or the, what I've put down and, you know, to record. So she just used to learn it, and then she'd spit it in her own way. And then even just recently, like, I'll share that video soon, but she's been spitting some fire, like, and yeah, she doesn't man. even want to be an MC. She just wants to dance and sing and, like, normal, you know, like all girls do, but she sometimes would get an urge for it, and then I'd give her a task and say, yeah, right, write the lyric, I'll help you out a bit, but write it, but you got to learn it. And bang, she spat some fire just a couple of days ago, like, I recorded it, I was like, oh, my God, you're better than a lot of people I know, yeah. you know, so. We'll have to get on with Mike about that, I went for Revitots, and she can, uh, she can MC with Archie. Well, no. He wants her to before, like, loads of time, but she's like, I just want to dance, daddy, I just want to dance. But, yeah. Um, yeah, like, maybe when she feels to, it's not even something she's passionate about, she just does it, she's got a knack with it, you know? So I'll share that, look out for that video, I'll share it soon, then you'll yeah, see yeah, what man. I'm talking It's Definitely. fire. Yeah, oh, she's awesome, your daughter, though, man. Got to be, you know, big up to your daughter. She's uh, she's an absolute little firecracker, man. I love seeing her at the race. She she's a firecracker, you're right. That's the right word, firecracker. It's high yeah. energy. She loves it all, and she's good with people. She just, she's just confident, you know? So she's a perfect wingman for me in all those Raver Top Raves, you know? Because even when we're doing the big stages, and she's there with me, you know? Like, always yeah, there yeah. with me. She loves it. Yeah, I remember, was it last New Year? Not Obviously not this year. Yeah, last New Year, uh, Birmingham. You, me, Birmingham, Jack yeah. Skills. And she yeah, was yeah. there right by the side of you, man. She that was. It. She loves it. She's never shy. That's a good thing. And, and like, it gives her confidence, you know? She's already a social person and she just knows that like that's what daddy does. So that that is her that is her insight into my life, you know, when I'm going to bookings and stuff. Obviously the bookings I go to are totally different from Raver Tots, but that yeah, still yeah. gives a piece of my work, my world, you know, which is great. Like I want to share that with her. And um We've had some amazing days out, me and her, you know, with Raver Tots. There's days where we've done a Raver Tots in the morning, done a Raver Tots in the afternoon, and then done a Raver Tots somewhere else in the evening. Or, you know, those festival days where we've done, like, um, you know, the, the big festivals. And then after I do my set, we'll stay, and we would go on all the fairground rides. And, you know, she's getting a little of the festival scene, you know? like So yeah. the thing is, I think if I expose her to all this when now, when she's older, she's not going to be one of those that's going to go out and be like, oh, my God, and start drinking crazy or because she's seen it before, you know? So it's yeah. almost like, I, I know what this is. This is just a party, you know? And um, it will help her. Definitely helps her. Yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing. Like, I mean, family obviously is really important to everybody. But I've noticed that as well with a few Raver Tots and like, mainly Raver Tots. But the DJs and the MCs with their kids are making time for their kids. Like uh, yeah. the Indigo, when we did the O2, um, yeah. Artful Dodger. It was, no, it wasn't Artful Dodger. Yeah, it was Artful Dodger turned up. So David was there and his daughters. And, yeah, you know, when everybody brings their kids. Um, Eddie brought his son as well to a few. and Chalky. Yeah, oh, of course. How could we he ever forget Chalky? How can you forget Chalky? You can't forget Chalky White. Legend. <laughs> Absolute legend. Fucking legend, that guy is, man. Oh, I know. For Ben, I keep asking if he wants me to like carry his bags or something when he's going round the circuit, <laughs> but he still won't take me up on the offer. I asked everyone, man. I asked Eddie if he wants me to carry his memory sticks for him when he's out in Ibiza, <laughs> but nah, man. For some reason, they they don't want me to. <laughs> don't worry, it's all coming back. Like when we can go back, like we'll all be in all of those Ibiza's, Spains, and wherever. Yeah, like, yeah, we'll, we'll, especially more so the, the, when we're first allowed back. I think everybody's going to be so much so on it. 
that you you know you'll have many opportunities to carry someone's record back. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, man, can't wait. But um, but yeah, family, like I said, family's important, guys. I mean, get get yeah. your family involved as well. This it's, it's that's where the young talent comes from, isn't it? You know, like yeah. a lot of stuff. So that's like that's really important, man. Um, yeah, it's just been it's been cool talking to you. Like it's just been a great to actually have this insight as well for you. Like you know, because when we're working, we only get to see you for you know stop and chat for a few with, minutes. Yeah. yeah. Or I get to, like, you know, blast your hat off with it for being air cannon and stuff. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. That air cannon, mate, I'll tell you what, that took my life before in the flames as well. You know, the that <laughs> yeah. shit there, sometimes, like, I, that, that uh, mate, sometimes those flames, mate, like in the festivals, I've nearly killed myself with that stuff there, I tell you. I need to be more careful. Oh man, it's awesome. But yeah, it's it's been awesome to for you to, even man. I just appreciate your time, you know. I mean, obviously, I no know problem. You got a time with your family, but before you go, I need to ask yep. you as well. Like I ask everybody, three or four of your best tracks. Um, that you know, it could be past, present, future. It could be anything that they they mean something to you. But yeah, a handful of tracks that I can you know mix in a bit later. But yeah, just <laughs> explain them and what they got meanings to you, like really. So I would say, I mean, there's thousands, but I would say, yeah, yeah. guys, your mind was a track that um, I heard like early garage days. And I was like, wow, what is this? And I started to hear it out in raves like Coliseum and stuff. And I just saw the vibe and it was like, my idea of garage is that basically like, it's that sexy, bumpy, a lovely vocal. And you're just like, oh, it used to mesmerize me. So I think Guy Simone, your mind, big, big track in garage. Everyone knows it. I also, I think 138 track by DJ Zinc. Cause when that came out, yeah. it wasn't necessarily, garage tune but the garage scene picked it up straight away and obviously you'd probably know i like it because it was for mcs we can hit it from the start to the second drop to the third drop and it was that first tune that was like a whole instrumental that banged and every time it came in it would just has that like build up and boom and if you're an mc you know it really gives you a chance to showcase that so i think definitely um that but outside of that there's so much music from yeah. Like NWA CDs from the um, cassettes. I used to have it on, you know, stuff like that. That raw hip hop used to really like about the wordplay and how they they came across and the the delivery, all that stuff. And obviously NWA is NWA. Everybody knows who they are and what yeah, they yeah. brought to the, to the game. But um, there's there's so much. Like it's very hard for me to answer that question, you know, because I listen to music every day. And I'm always like, if I'm not on my Spotify, I'm looking at different CDs and mixes and podcasts with different artists and music. You know, I like everything, you know, from from whether it's ragger and hip hop and, and whether it's, you know, Afro beats, whether it's house, whether it's funky house, whether it's R&B. I like a lot of 80s stuff, you know, so I could be here all night talking to you about my tunes that I like. But yeah, I, you know, if it's good music, I like it. They So much music means something to me. Because I think I was saying to my missus, uh, yesterday, you know, we a tune came on on my Spotify, and I told the whole story of like me at six a.m., you know, in Ibiza, you know, yeah. smack, and this tune came on, and I just felt, you know, when you feel something, and um, I said that it's crazy because like you know, five years later, as soon as I hear that start of that track, it takes me mentally right back to where I was that morning, and obviously I wasn't in the best place. I'd been drinking all night and I was partying, yeah. and that's why I was on the beach just chilling, you know. And suddenly this song comes on, and I'm just like, wow! And you're seeing everyone dancing on the beach, and the sun sets up, and it's like that euphoria. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. you don't you experience something, and and you know, so, so music takes me back to good times in my life, bad times in my life, strange times in my life. But one thing that never left me is music yeah yeah ever so it's very hard to give you three or four tracks well give us the name of that track though then come on the one that you had so, so that track mk done the remix yeah yeah and it's aurora on the vocal and i think it's called way too far so okay. um mk done the remix um and yeah i think it's, it's aurora's the artist but i think it's called came too far or been too far or something too far but amazing yeah. and I, you, you know you have to hear the tune if you, I could hear it now and think it's a good tune, but it doesn't mean anything to me. But hearing it for the first time on a beach in Ibiza, I'm never going to forget that now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's where it takes you. And it's not a garage tune. Or it's not a hip-hop tune. It's not the normal stuff I listen to, but it was just like, wow. So, yeah, like I like all music. There's not one type of genre that I don't respect or, or like. Yeah, same for me, man. It's, 
I'm, I'm so eclectic. I mean, for me, trance and happy hardcore are my go-tos because they're the ones that stuck with me, you know, from being yeah. 15, 16. Um, and I was lucky enough back before all this lockdown to meet Judge Jules and he actually signed like my first ever compilation CD that was his um, that I'd bought like and he signed it for me and I was just like that for me was just insane and I never thought that would happen man but um, Any- you are? Anything can happen. Oh yeah definitely that's that's the good thing about music it, it'll take you to places mentally physically that you never knew you could go. I- Absolutely agree with you, bro. Yeah, agree. All good, man. Anyway, that, that, well, that's it, man. For being, thank you so much, though, for your time. Like, I really do appreciate nah. it, bro. Nah, no problem. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm gonna see you soon, my bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will definitely be tagging all of your social medias and everything when I send this out, man. No problem, brother. I'll share it with you. Yeah, yeah sweet, man. Definitely. You look uh, after yourself. Yeah, man. God bless. And you, man. Much love. Much love. See you later. I went too far when I